This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising communications firm in Southern California. Having worked uh, in the community for 20 years of advertising, we've reached a lot of people with our messaging. At Frazier Communications, we specialize in changing behaviors and growing brands. All of our work is focused on doing good in the world and using communications to make it a better place. On the show, The Deciders, we feature leaders in their fields, change agents, and this difficult time with COVID-19. We're focusing in on COVID-19, helping our listeners and businesses to work better in this, in this environment and giving you tips and understanding of what's going on around us in this fast-paced, changing environment. As we all continue to move through the COVID-19 pandemic, with the stay-at-home orders and physical distancing requirements. These are all designed to keep us healthy and, of course, out of the hospital. But what happens if we end up sick and you have to be hospitalized? We thought, how are the hospitals coping with this new health crisis? And today we brought on an expert who can talk to us about that. We're fortunate to have Brian Croft with us. He's the Senior Vice President of Operations at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Brian leads the day-to-day operations of the hospital, overseeing all the medical and clinical support services with the goal of ensuring the highest quality, effective, and efficient patient care. Welcome to the Deciders, Brian. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Well, Cedars-Sinai has clearly prepared for COVID-19. I've been a patient of Cedars-Sinai for many years, and my firm, Fraser Communications, handled the advertising and marketing for Cedars-Sinai for eight or nine years and came up with leading the quest for health. As a patient, I've been getting regular information, newsletters from Tom Prisolak, the CEO, and I assume, because I've seen this in action in my regular visits, that the institution has been very proactive with this terrible pandemic. Brian, tell us, what are the highlights of how the health center has made it safe for people to get care at the hospital? Well, I think to, to, to comment on, on your opening uh, remarks, uh, we've been very proactive. Uh, we've taken the guidance of uh, a federal, state, and local leadership about what it is that we should do uh, to make sure that uh, we're as safe as an environment uh, as we can be. That said, we uh, are continuing uh, to this day to monitor uh, everyone uh, into the organization uh, via temperature checks. Uh, everyone, uh, present company included, are, are given masks every morning. Uh, we've uh, had to uh, to taper our visitor policy substantially uh, so that we can uh, do the uh, the appropriate social distancing and yet still do the kind of things we need to do to care for patients uh, as we do every single day. Well, that makes sense. You're right. Having guests in that big, large lobby, you have to make sure that there's social distancing as people come in. I, there's been a lot in the news about uh, personal protection equipment and gear for the staff. Do you have enough at the hospital for your all the healthcare staff? Well, we do indeed. Uh, we have uh, pre- prepared for that as well. And you know, as uh, 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 probably like everybody uh, in the country in healthcare right now, we are doing everything we can to make sure that we continue to have enough. And that means continuing to source our traditional uh, sources of uh, of supplies. 
but also recognizing that they have uh, been hit because this is a, a worldwide phenomenon we're dealing with here. So uh, that said, we are actively sourcing uh, many things that have come our way by way of grateful patients, our friends of Cedar sinai And so uh, everything that uh, has come our way in the, in the way of uh, of people knowing people in China or knowing or having contact mm. with uh, alternative mm-hmm. sources. Uh, we've been doing everything we can to, to make sure that we call those, source those, and do what we can to bring in the, the appropriate amounts. You know, what's good about that is it's really all hands on deck. At uh, Cedars-Sinai, they have a very loyal and uh, uh, strong support group. I know both uh, on the, uh, the guild side, but also the board side. And I, I know what you mean. Many of those people are well-connected around the world, so they've been able to bring those resources to bear, it sounds like, to make sure you have all the, all the supplies that are needed. Yes, ma'am. I think today we've had over 500 offers uh, from patients or friends of Cedar sinai who have offered assistance in some way, shape, or form uh, wow. with either lodging or food or offers to, to assist with uh, uh, relationships around PPE, alternative sources for PPE, and we've sourced every single one of them. Well, that's wonderful to hear. You know, uh, sadly, sometimes the worst circumstances bring out the best in people. Have have you seen an increase? And can you talk to us about how many COVID-19 patients are being treated Cedars-Sinai and whether or not it's exceeded your expectations or it's under expectations at this time? Well, I think we are like uh, what we've seen in the community. We've seen the incidents uh, uh, rise. Uh, but we've also seen uh, many of the measures that have, uh, have taken place uh, in the community really have benefit. And so we'll, we continue to care for patients uh, in our uh, regular wards, uh, in our regular ICUs, uh, and we stand ready to be able to continue to do that should the surge happen uh, the way some models still predict that it might. We still are open, though, for many other services that people may need, and so we do have capacity uh, to be able to care for the regular and routine things that come or the catastrophic or potentially catastrophic things that come like heart disease or heart attacks or any sort of neurological issues that may come forward. That's good for people to know. I think sometimes the perception from the media is that the hospitals are crammed full that you wouldn't be able to get in if you had a heart attack or or a need and you're telling us that that's not the case and i assume that those folks are in different areas than people with COVID 19 at this point that's correct we do have cohort yep. units uh where we are p- placing all of our, our patients under uh, under care that are uh, either COVID uh, uh confirmed or suspect uh, but we do have a number of other beds uh, ready and available uh, to care for patients uh, that need us. And uh, I think what we found is that patients are listening to the news and they are staying at home. But we really mm-hmm. want that message out there that if and when they need us, that we're here. That's excellent. You're right. But when they can, they stay at home. Now, I know that some people have been waiting for important elective surgeries. And I'm not here talking about, you know, cosmetic surgery. But the surgeries that uh, where the timing could be delayed and at the outset of this, those were put off. Are you now accepting some elected elective surgeries if they're recommended by physicians? So on the 14th of March, we uh, made the decision to postpone a number of cases. And so uh, given now that that's almost four weeks uh, in the rearview mirror there, uh, we know that some of the uh, these patients need to be uh, uh, addressed. And so we are actively planning for uh, figuring out how best to do that, whether it be the opening, slightly opening uh, of additional capacity in our ORs or our cath labs or our GI labs. So that is an active conversation that we're having uh, every day and in many cases multiple times per day. 
so that people who had an elective surgery that they were planning to do and they are patients of Cedars-Sinai, they should probably be in touch with their doctors down the road as this might open up or change uh, toward the end of April. That's what I think you're suggesting. Yes, ma'am. So we do have a list of everyone that's been postponed. Uh, in many cases, we're keeping in touch with them to just to make sure that their uh, uh, progression of their disease or their ailment uh, is not such that they need to be accelerated. Uh, but we will be in touch uh, whenever the, the, the decision is made to, to be able to open some additional capacity. And, and, and they'll be given uh, ample notice to make sure that they can uh, get things in order so that they can come in and be cared for. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. So, again, that's uh, you know, being proactive. I have to say the communications of Cedars-Sinai with the uh, their clients, their customers, is, is really quite good. I know that um, there's been a lot of discussion around testing, and we hear Dr. Ferrer on the news uh, every day at her press conference at 1 o'clock talk about the updates. She has talked about the antibody testing versus COVID-19 testing. And of course, the antibody is to determine what's the prevalence of this. They call it surveillance research, right? Prevalence of the antibody in people versus saying that you actually have the disease, which is a different kind of testing. Are there any plans for testing on a broad scale at Cedars-Sinai if people were concerned about COVID-19? So we are actively testing uh, as of this moment. Uh, we've got a, a drive-through testing facility located in one of our buildings here on campus here. We're also actively uh, partnering with the county uh, to uh, to uh, offer them uh, capability with our staff to be able to uh, to test patients who are are symptomatic and have reached out to the county for assistance. We also, for those cases that need to have surgery or some sort of procedure, uh, we have an ability to make sure that all those patients before their procedure is done to be uh, tested as well. And then we're actively testing uh, all of our employees that uh, uh, are either symptomatic or are fear they're symptomatic given uh, contact with a, a, a either a COVID uh, suspect or COVID confirmed patient. So we're doing that uh, every day and, and every day also scaling our ability to do even more. That's great. So you're really taking care of your staff. If they feel they've been infected, they get test immediately. Are there any other special precautions for the staff? Well, so as I mentioned uh, at the beginning here, every staff on campus is issued every morning uh, right after their temperature screening a mask. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there are special precautions uh, for those uh, uh, that are caring for our patients on many of our cohort units. And then even more so for, for those uh, uh, caregivers who are uh, involved in, in procedures that may create aerosolization, uh, there is even more protections. And so uh, to, to, to address the PPE point, we think that for all of those aspects of care that are there, uh, we are uh, completely uh, ready uh, to be able to deal with what we have now, but what with, uh, also might come. I might also mention that we have a number of our staff now actively working from home. Uh, it's been great to see that and our abilities to continue to, to do business per normal uh, it continues on even if it's uh, telephonically or to, to, via two-way video interaction. That's yeah, very good, working remotely. I know the communications folks, uh, a couple of them are colleagues and friends, and uh, they are working remotely and, and getting a lot done, which I think is a great sign of their commitment as well. Now, let me, let's, we talked about testing. Let's talk about how people might interact with uh, Cedars-Sinai. When people uh, contact a, a doctor, a Cedars-Sinai doctor, for a non-COVID-19 um, uh, illness or a routine follow-up, what, what should they expect? To come into the office or would it be a video chat? It, it could be one of, one of three things. It could be via telephone. 
given mm -hmm. uh, that some may not have the, the technology to be able to, to do two-way interactive video. Uh, it mm -hmm. could be two-way interactive video, and we've been able to scale that, and really, uh, with the support of our IT uh, resources on campus here, really been able to do that quickly. And then if there is a true need, and there are still some cases that are true need to be on-site and be seen and or examined by one of our physicians or caregivers, there is an ability for, for those patients to be seen just the same. And I can assure you, as I said before, that you know all of those uh, patients will be temperature checked, uh, issued a, 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 um, a mask, and then appropriate social distancing, even in our waiting rooms, will be applied. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think people want to know that there's that kind of uh, screening on a, on, a, on a very rigorous basis, which is good if they have to go in for a, for a doctor visit. This will change how it is that we care for people, that we interact with people. Uh, and that we found uh, uh, by either anecdote or now via some new data that we're in the process of gathering as well is that the, the patients, you know, they, they might have even come to expect it. Uh, and mm. so this will be something that we'll continue to uh, look at, uh, refine, and, and, and will absolutely be a part of what it is and how it is that we engage patients uh, uh, moving forward. Very good to hear. Very good to hear. I think we're all, you know, curious about what the shifts are going to be. I have to mention, too, that I received a, a notice of a free wellness plan to help me stay active and engaged from Cedars-Sinai as, a, as a, a regular customer, if you will. Do you know why Cedars-Sinai developed this, and, and can you outline what's included in that wellness program? So, so I think that um, uh, what we're understanding is that physical wellness is, is one thing, and, and in many cases, maybe perhaps the most important thing. But we've also understood that mental wellness is, uh, is an important part uh, of how it is that people recover, how it is that they're dealing with the, uh, the social isolation and or social distancing that are a part of uh, uh, this phenomena that we're dealing with here. And I think that we're, we're trying as best we can to, to not only do this with our patients, but we're understanding that these are our pressures that our, our caregivers are, are, uh, are uh, dealing with as well. And if it's not them, it's their families. And so we think that in order for us to, to do good by people, uh, that this is something that is an important part of how it is that we cope and how it is that we deal with the pandemic that we're currently living in. And ultimately, we think it hopefully uh, will help us keep the heart, mind, and body uh, ready as we uh, hopefully in some form or fashion sooner rather than later make our way through this. Right, right. I think, you know, we've seen the importance of the coping. It's a very stressful time for people, and people deal with it in different ways. You know, I, as I mentioned, we do a lot of communications with the Department of Public Health. We're actually helping uh, to craft all the talking points and the social media that's coming out related to COVID-19. Our teams are working on that. And there's a lot of concern about ramping up mental health services, free mental health and uh, telehealth uh, with uh, mental health professionals so that people can have someone to speak with, feel like they're not alone. And then emphasizing, I think, as, as you've been talking about as well, kindness to others, right, and the ability to say hello, especially to uh, people who are isolated, checking on a neighbor, checking on a senior that you know, and being willing to uh, drop off food or bring them something if they need it so that they don't feel isolated, right? These are important human parts of, uh, of, the, um, of keeping people healthy, as you said. You know, um, we talked a little bit about how things will change. Uh, there will be more of a receptivity to telehealth. I, I think that um, I was going to ask you if the doctors are learning to better utilize telemedicine, but there's no doubt they are. They don't have any choice. 
And, and, and I think they are, especially when you think of some of the younger doctors. I remember maybe a decade ago when electronic records were being uh, uh, mandated and so many of the doctors didn't want to have to type all that information into the computer. Right. But now, of course, many of them, they all know they have to do it and it's become a, a normal part. Just And so, in fact, telemedicine will also become a part. Do you see any other changes in the future for Cedar sinai as a result of this pandemic and how we've had to make changes uh, to cope? With the, well, with I the, think the, one of the things that we've seen is uh, the, the value, and uh, I would even argue the true value of communication. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things we've tried to do over and over again and, uh, is making sure that people know what's going on. And so uh, what will hopefully be a, 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 uh, a relic from this pandemic will be our ability to scale messages large uh, and small mm-hmm. quickly and uh, at scale. And, uh, you know, the meetings that we've been able to have with our uh, members of the medical staff, uh, the town hall meetings that we've had, uh, I think there are about three per week now that we've had uh, each one of those north of a thousand uh, uh, visitors uh, as part of that. Uh, it's a wow. way to communicate. And we've found that mm-hmm. people are just so thirsty to know what's going on uh, around them so that they can understand kind of why decisions are made the way they are. And, 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 and in some cases, what the direction is as it relates to where it is we're going next. And I'm okay. hopeful that as opposed to just waiting for big meetings to be scheduled and, and, and the scheduling uh, challenges, that the, our ability to use the technology to be able to uh, get those messages out quickly and at scale uh, really will be something that uh, has provided value well beyond uh, the pandemic. That's a really good point. More regular and imposed you know, more frequent communications and more opportunities to share information. I, I have to say one of the things I've learned in doing internal communications for corporations and nonprofits, you cannot over-communicate. People who are doing the commuting, the C-suite people, they often think, well, we've already told them that. We've told them three times. But the truth is people don't always hear it the same way, and they definitely need to hear it more than once. So I can see why you're putting such a big emphasis on communications. Well, and we, we, we're, we're trying to use it all. Uh, we're using the town hall, the video town hall. We're using uh, uh, the uh, the letters that come out. We're using a number of videos, and I think you described some that you may have even gotten uh, from us, mm-hmm. our, 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 our caregivers, our president. Uh, everyone is doing it, and we're also leveraging uh, social media uh, as a way to be able to get messages out to our patients, our friends of our patients, and uh, because we think that, uh, again, the more we share, the better we are because uh, everyone at least has a sense of what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing. You're right. You're right. Well, I want to turn to you, Brian, yourself. I I think all of us have gone through different phases as we've dealt with this pandemic and had to um, muster our strength as leaders, uh, challenge our own mindset, if you will, in the way things work. What's been most challenging for you as a leader at Cedars-Sinai? Well, I think there's a couple things. Uh, I think one would be because of the uniqueness and maybe uh, kind of the uh, hopefully once in a lifetime uh, kind of events that we're dealing with here mm-hmm. is the challenge is trying to figure out uh, what to do while you're flying the airplane uh, and, and understanding uh, if you're doing the right things and recognizing you're your hearing from your colleagues and seeing experiences of others. Uh, but the, the fact that it's a, a unique environment uh, here and the way the, uh, the pandemic is hitting uh, our community and our hospital, it will require some different stance on, on how it is we do things. So making sure that you're doing right and, and, and doing it while you're in it is a, is a challenge. 
I think the mm-hmm. other thing that's really, really important is, is making sure that uh, for the caregivers who are really, truly the ones that uh, are appropriately being highlighted uh, across the country, across the world, uh, uh, for those folks to know that how much uh, they're appreciated. And the communication has been a great way to do that. Uh, but when you think in terms of what they're doing, what they're coming to work today and tomorrow and for the next foreseeable uh, future to do is care for some of the sickest patients at some of the scariest times of their lives. And so uh, for us to be able uh, to continue uh, to, to communicate with them and to make sure that they have what they need in the way of energy, uh, in the way of support, in the way of resource, uh, to be able to do what they do and continue to do what they're doing is going to be unbelievably important. I think it's really tantamount of leaders to be able to try as best they can uh, to figure out how to continue to, to relate uh, and do what they need to do to, to support. So that's been an incredibly challenging but also incredibly fulfilling part of, uh, of what we've done so far. Mm, I think you're right about that, Brian. You know, there's a, a sense of obligation and, and true um gratitude, uh, obligation that is to express that gratitude more, right, to show. And we know that, unfortunately, you know, exposure to COVID-19 in in higher dosages, meaning more people, can increase the likelihood of getting it. So uh, these are the frontline people, the healthcare workers, and you're right, appreciating them and showing that and being I guess being more top of mind uh, on a regular basis will be an important, hopefully, outcome of this that uh, are so critical. Yeah, so critical. Uh, And I think our community has just done an unbelievable job of recognizing that, whether it be with things they've done, uh, donations they've made, uh, offers they've uh, uh, carried through. It's just been incredible to see and to see the appreciation uh, on the faces of the staff who received that generosity is, again, unbelievably fulfilling in a role like I'm, I'm in now. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, as a, as a, as a manager, a leader of people, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned being more responsive and having to do things fast. It's certainly broken a lot of the rules, you know what I mean, in terms of hierarchy. And uh, what I've seen in my own work is listening more to everyone's opinion, not assuming it has to come through a channel. Do you know what I mean? A normal like chain of command. Uh, every, right. Everybody's opinion counts in this in this kind of a situation. It does because the, their experiences are different, and uh, in the past they may not have uh, you know, had the venue or the opportunity to be able to be heard. But uh, because of uh, of the ability to you know be out and about a lot more than uh, perhaps uh, what we might have been before, or to provide venues where people can ask questions or be heard. Uh, or now uh, really uh, paying even closer attention to uh, what people are saying on social media really allows us to be able to uh, to have what I would argue is a, 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 a finger on the pulse, if not more so, uh, uh, and so that we can hear uh, and plan and, and react and, and ultimately uh, be proactive on what it is we do to help make sure that we're, we're addressing things that we're hearing. Right. I guess, you know, the the counter, the other side of that is that the people who've been able to express their opinions and have been heard will continue to expect that. (laughs) They're not going to say, oh, that goes away right now that the pandemic. I get it. Right. Right. So you're right there. And 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 we've talked on the show before. I'm sure you've experienced younger people. You know, we, we label them as the millennials, but it's really most people under 40 expect to be heard and they, they feel bold and confident and they want their opinions heard. And of course they're masters of social media. So that, that expectation is going to continue and maybe even get stronger for those of us who have those folks on our team. Right. 
I think that's right, and I think uh, bring it on. Uh, I think yes. we're we're yes. ready to 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 address it. Uh, it, even if it's not exactly uh, what it is that they they want us to do, uh, I, I want them to know that they're being heard. And then right. in our in our way of, of being transparent, we'll we'll share with them the the reasons that we can, and in some cases, the reasons we can't do certain things. I love that. I think that's that's all they want really is that kind of a response. Well, my last question is going to be about yourself. Have you seen a, you see any changes in your work style, your own leadership as a result of managing through this pandemic, things you feel you're going to change about the way you operate? Well, it really is uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I've tried always to do in my career is uh, is uh, understand what's going on at the front line and, and to be in and amongst and, and really see and be seen. And I think uh, what has validated uh, that uh, attempt uh, in the past is uh, is really uh, being able to see how people uh, are appreciative of it and, and understanding that people at certain levels of the organization are hearing uh, and uh, and allowing for certain venues uh, for people to be heard. Uh, the fact that we've been able to uh, provide uh, updates on our PPE status or updates on our approaches to testing or whatever the uh, the, the situation is called for in this pandemic, uh, it really is something that is validating that it, it people uh, do find a value in that. They want that. They desire that. And to go back to the points we made on communication, they just want to know. And even if mm-hmm. it's not exactly what they uh, want uh, in the way of approach, uh, being able to share with them and being as open and honest as you can, uh, especially as you're busy trying to, to solve the problem at hand, uh, is, is something that uh, gets you uh, credibility and, and, and creates relationships that I think are important because I think ultimately in the job that I'm in, it's uh, the ability to work with and through people to get things done is what really is the, the true measure of success. Well, thank you, Brian. That's really, really valuable. The two-way dialogue and the strengthening your listening skills. I liked hearing that. I want to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in. Brian Croft is the uh, Senior Vice President of Operations at Cedar sinai He's shared with us some great insights about why it's a very excellent ex- uh, institution and certainly a hospital for all of us to consider if we have to get treatment. Uh, I'm happy to be a patient and delighted to uh, have talked with you, Brian. Thanks for being on the show. Yes, ma'am. Been my pleasure. Thank you very, very much. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been uh, uh, The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Frazier Communications is a full-service advertising communications firm. Contact us at FrazierCommunications.com to learn more, and you'll find our podcast at FrazierCommunications.com. Have a great week ahead. Thank you for listening, and stay safe and stay home. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions.